Hi, this is Arletta. And this is Shauna. And welcome to the Roadmap to You podcast. We are here to give you tips and strategies on how to address the effects of some adversities you may have faced in your life, either as a child or in your adult life, so that you can get to a better you. We are not licensed therapists, and the information shared during our podcast is intended for educational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional or medical advice. So let's dive into today's episode. In today's episode, we're going to continue to talk about adverse childhood experience. So let's dive right on in. On a briefly, I know in the on the front end of the episode, you talked about adverse childhood experiences, and we've been talking about some of yours. And so the idea or the concept of adverse childhood experiences comes from a study that started a number of years ago with um, the Center for Disease Control and Kaiser. And what they were trying to set out to do was just basically collect information about um, certain experiences that people had had as children like they were basically just trying to find out how basically who had had certain types of experiences. Now, this study has continued in various forms over the years and been expanded. But um, if you want to know more information about it, you can always go to the CDC's website at um, cdc.gov and look up um, ACEs or adverse childhood experiences, and you can find out a lot more about the study. But the types of um, experiences that they were looking for when they were doing this study were things that they had determined to be potentially traumatic events that would happen anywhere from birth to 17. Wow. So that's basically, yeah. So birth to 17. And I know when we think about childhood, sometimes we just think about like birth to 10 or 12 yeah. or something like that. But we're really talking about like from birth to the age of 17. And some of these experiences that they were talking about would include but not be limited to experiencing violence or abuse, neglect, Mm -hmm. witnessing violence in the home or in your community, or um, um, being exposed to substance abuse, or um, adults um, around you that have mental health problems or any type of instability due to parental separation or household members being incarcerated and things of that nature. So, I mean, and that is not limited to that. You know, we can add on to that divorce, you know, because we're talking about parental separation and things of that nature. So basically any experience that could undermine a child's sense of safety, stability, and their ability to bond with the responsible adults in their environment. So that's what we're talking about. And again, I know there are some communities where some of this is so commonplace. Yeah that we don't even think of it as something that should not be. Right, right. You know, we think it's just the way it, the way it is. So, you know, that's what we're gonna be, we're gonna be getting into that as we go forward a little bit more into, you know, some of the impacts of these experiences. And then we're also gonna get into what those experiences look like on a community level. So I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so, I think that's, yeah. um, I, I, especially on a community level, um, because this is perfect for the timing that, or the times that we're in today, you know, as, as Black Lives Matter is really taking a, has put a really good impact into our lives, but just awareness, not only just in African Americans' lives, but 
also other communities and ethnic groups as well because you know when you're in this bubble you don't really see what other people are experiencing until it affects you or it comes into your environment and um we have to realize that we have been dealing with a lot of trauma for over 400 years and i'm and when i say we i mean african americans for over 400 mm-hmm. years so you thinking about this is generation centuries and decades of trauma that's just passed on from one generation to the next and i think in this generation we're really trying to you know figure out how to fix it you know how can we make lives better but we're not looking at going to the past and understanding what folks have actually been through and why they either react the way they react or just, you know, just really. Like, how did we get here? How did we get here? That's what it is. How did we get here? Yeah, just really, how did we get here? And some of those effects, like we talk about childhood traumas, but those those childhood traumas only lead to adults. And and I think that in 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 the upcoming episodes, we're really gonna really get down into how to manage some of those childhood traumas that you are experiencing as an adult. Because what happens is that you you have adult children running around here trying to make decisions. And <laughs> and I'm meaning from a mentality standpoint. And um, that's why I, I know a lot of people, celebrities and um, um, people are really focusing on mental health, which mental health should have been talked about a long time ago. But I'm, I am appreciative that folks are really bringing that to the forefront now because mental health is really serious. I mean, really, truly serious. And we really need to kind of look at that. We have, we've been putting Band-Aids on mental health for a very long time. And I think now is a, a great opportunity for us to start really digging deep and trying to find these healing instead of putting a Band-Aid on it. Just, look, we're going to rip this Band-Aid out, figure out what's really going on, and, and apply some healing to that so that those wounds will not return and that you're not feeling this and when you're 60, 70 years old and figuring out like, well, what's, what's wrong with me? <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about what things that we're going to be talking about even more yeah. um, going forward. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Shauna, so I know that we um, talked about ACE. And I know mm-hmm. that we are in ACEs, basically, um, the adverse uh, childhood experiences. But from the study from the CDC, um, and I know Kaiser uh, is also part of that as well. Did they give some, some, some I guess, some, some tips or some, some things that we can actually incorporate into our lives today so that those things can, um, so we can basically start healing? Well, actually, the the purpose of this particular study was not actually to go really even to get into that. The purpose of this okay. particular study, I think, was more information collecting and, oh, you know, okay. sort of shining a light on how many people are having 
these types of experiences. And then people from various other fields, having taken that information, started sort of working on the why and then now what. But the idea was that if you've had a certain number of experiences, that didn't necessarily mean that your life was going to turn out a particular way. But what they were really trying to do was just basically comb together and say how many people are having these types of issues, like how many people are having these types of experiences and maybe not necessarily even talking about it and just sort of going about their life. But like I said, there are other others then would take that ball and then take that it to different arenas and start to build into that. And we can get into some of the things that others have done with this information in terms of trying to figure out where, the, where to go. The statistics of it, you know, like I'm, I'm pretty sure they broke it down into like ethnic ethnicity to, you know, whether male or female, um, you know, at what age, I guess, age group. Um, so I was some of it was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is that when the initial study took place, most of the people that were participating were, um, going through the healthcare system. So Mm. you were talking about people that were insured and the initial study did not include a lot of minorities and it wasn't Uh. including uninsured individuals. So since then, various parts of the study have expanded and, you know, people have, you know, sort of taken it and kind of expanded it in other ways. But um, so that was one of the initial criticisms of it. But like I said, the whole, the purpose of the study was really just to shine a light on the sheer numbers of people that were having the number of children that were having these experiences and growing into adulthood. And not all of them were touching base with any systems of any kind necessarily. To, to flag that, because when we think about children having these experiences, we think about people ending up in some sort of system, law enforcement, child yeah. protection, healthcare. We, we imagine that these people come across some sort of system, but that's not always the case. The case. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people have are having these experiences and not necessarily ending up at the hospital or in front of the police or in front of your, a certain social service organization, not necessarily, but I will tell you that one of the takeaways that I, um, I did see was that from the initial studies that uh, a lot of women, women and many ethnic or racial minority groups were at greater risk of having experienced four or more of these types of events in their wow. childhood between birth and, and 17. Wow. I wonder why that is. Well, I think, <laughs> well, I could, we could, well, I could, well, I, I could go there, but not, not for this one. We won't go there on, on we'll this wait, one. We'll wait to the next No, like, I could go the, we'll spread that out over okay. time. But okay. I think that there, there probably is something to be, to be said um, there about why it was something that women were experiencing, um, that women and, and, and um, um, a lot of minorities were, um, yeah. yeah, at greater risk of having experienced more of those. Here's the thing, too, and that study was just based on folks that were insured. Yeah, that they were just they were doing it like doing the polling through people that were coming through this particular system. They weren't out like canvassing communities, not initially. Wow. So I wonder so and, and they were coming up with quite a few numbers with people yeah. who had access to things like healthcare. So that actually is that's interesting to consider as well. Because yeah. another thing that happens is that when we think about these types of things, we think about them happening 
almost equal, not we, but generally speaking, yeah. these things are thought of as events that occur in um, minority communities yeah. or in the communities of the, of the um, socioeconomically disadvantaged people. And that's not entirely untrue, but there's still plenty of these things that are, I mean, a lot of this is equal opportunity. Okay. I guess is what I'm getting at. It's not, you know, just like so many things, you know, we think, well, that just happens in that kind of community. And we know that a lot of things happen in a lot of places. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's just because they don't get caught in the system. Doesn't mean that nothing has happened. That doesn't mean that there is no there there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. I would definitely like to, you know, really go into that because um, actually going to the CDC, uh, dot gov and really looking at that study because um, how long ago was this done? Uh, interestingly enough, <laughs> I had I had written down the date and now I like don't have it oh, in front okay. of me unfortunately. So I'll have to definitely I'll get that for for our next chat to see when they started it. I can't believe I don't have that right in oh, front of me like I thought I did. <laughs> it's okay, but, but I think it's good. That's what I provided the website. So this Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I So that our listeners can go out there and check out and so you don't have to um take my my word for it. I like to be able to provide references so people can know, you know, where we're getting our information. Yeah. Yeah, that I, I, that would be helpful because I think that when when you have that data one, I, I, what I want the government to do is actually utilize this data to offer programs to, uh, to the, to the dis, I guess the, the organizations or, or communities, excuse me, communities that are more at risk. That and that is what risk, that has, yes. that is what has been happening, um, over the years, like I said, they, when they started the study, they were really sort of collecting the information on the fact that it's happening. Yeah. And in the time since then, you've had other organizations and other entities who have sort of taken the ball and taken that information and said, okay, what can we do with this? How can this be helpful? How can this be useful in a more practical sense beyond right. just right. the numbers? So that is something that has been, that, that, that is something that, that happens. Well, that's good because I think at, at at some point, you know, collecting all this data, doing the statistics, you know, that's all good and everything. But what are we doing with this information so that the communities that are affected um, by some of some of the uh, from some of the studies that was done, that we they are the government is offering, or not just the government, just individuals are offering types of programs. So that people can go to um, that want to get help and and want to see things change. Because I know with me, I mean, none of that stuff was even offered to me. But growing up, like we were talking earlier, we thought it was the norm. We thought that this was the norm. But I yeah, really- we were talking about in the eighties too. Like they were just starting to talk about you know child abuse being an actual. Yes. Thing. Like yeah. if you remember seeing the commercials and like that, we were, so that's where the eighties were like in the eighties, they were just starting to admit that that's like something that shouldn't be happening. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, so, the, I mean, I think everything has sort of co- definitely come a long way since then, but I mean, obviously there's still more work to do, to be done in so many, in so many, um, so many areas. So, and that's, and that's true to go back to the book is another thing that I wanted to address is 
the amount of people that have been in uh not even abusive relationships but were abused as children and so that was my avenue of giving back to the community that's probably that was you know overlooked or not even you know um i just brought to the forefront to say that hey this is a problem and that we need to address and that was my other goal for writing the book is to shed a light on you know what especially in the african-american community not uh, uh, alleviating any other community but you know i'm african-american so i have to speak on that um just the amount of trauma that we've been through and just finding a way to get out of it and that was the reason why from the seven steps it's just like okay yeah this is experience i have i have had in my life but here are some steps that i have done to overcome and i even had to repeat some of those steps even after writing the book <laughs> yeah that's good stuff that's good stuff though because you know when we learn something new we don't want to just let it grow and get dusty in the back of our minds especially when it's good stuff you know finding ways to keep those tools at the forefront of our mind i think that 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 is extremely helpful in you know helping us sort of begin to progress down the path that we want to be going down. We can't just sort of hear it one time and just let it go. We have to sort of, like I said, find ways to keep it at the top of our minds, so to speak. Yeah. And um, on some of the experiences too that we talked about, because here's some of the things that I actually experienced because of childhood traumas, there were things that I, I, I experienced. One, I didn't know how to manage my emotions. I was like all over the place and I kind of sort of still in that way, but it's more control is more in a controlled environment. Cause now I recognize why, um, I've reacted to certain things. Um, it was hard for me to express how I really felt. Um, and I know a lot of children in, um, abusive households, uh, feel that way. Sometimes it's, it's hard to express how you feel because you don't want to get in trouble. And mm -hmm. that was my biggest thing is like, what do I need to do so that I don't get in trouble? So the, uh, one of the things that I kept doing, which is not a good thing, was I used to lie. If I did something, mm. I lied about it because I didn't want folks to, to know the truth and I didn't want to get in trouble. So and, okay. and that became like it was it was actually the norm for me to lie about something and then i started noticing that i would just lie about stuff that just wasn't even why are you lying like <laughs> and that's the other thing i really want to go into you know depth with that situation because like okay when you begin to lie what is what is the trigger mentally that you're trying to avoid by lying. Did I say that right? I don't know, but you mm -hmm. know what I'm trying to say. No, you're looking for, no, I think I know where you're going, but let, let, we'll, I'd like to, to dig into that. Um, uh, maybe we, that's where we, we can pick up there in our next episode, because this is sort of a two-parter. To Tell us again where we can find your book. What is it called and where can we purchase the book? Oh, yes, 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 yes. It's uh, Motivated for Greatness, Your Seven Steps to Mastering Your Greatness. You can always pick the book up on Amazon.com and search for my name, Arletta Moore, 
or motivated for greatness seven steps to mastering your greatness or you can go to my website at www.arlottamore.com where you can purchase the book and if you purchase the book on my website you will get a signed autograph book and a special gift with that for going to the website um so yeah that's where you can find a book now shauna i know you are um in in your practice you are a um family don't let me get this right all right i'm gonna let you get it right (laughs) (laughs) is this where i come in to say it all right so i am a family life educator and coach okay okay because i was gonna i'm putting you as a therapist and uh, a psychiatrist. If you've heard our our, um, previous episode, you heard that we did include a disclaimer that um, we are not licensed therapists, but I am a family life educator and um, a credentialed advocate. Um, And where can they find um, intervention? What can they find? Go ahead. Yeah, what can they find your information and how to get in touch with you? So if you want to get in touch with me, you can find my company online at www.asagesolutions.com or you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Asage Solutions. That's A-S-A-G-E solutions.com. All right. So that is where you can find. Yeah, look for me. And I'll tell you again, don't worry. So we'll get more into that. But that is definitely where you can find me. And um, there you go. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us on this episode of The Roadmap to You. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of The Roadmap to You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to us on social media at The Roadmap to You on both Instagram and Facebook. And if you haven't done so already, Make sure you subscribe to our show on iTunes or wherever you consume podcasts. And don't forget to leave us a review. So until next time, enjoy the journey. Bye.